old school way of thinking was to pay things down and have no debt. I'm for refinancing all of my money and putting it into more things. Everything is possible. Just hustle. Just hustle. The Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, where we keep it real, I state in entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Everything is possible, just hustle, just hustle. Everything is possible, just hustle. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, aka BDK, aka Billionaire. And again, in this podcast, you're going to learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. And today's episode, guys, it is not further from that. I mean, this man, he's far away. He's far, 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 far away from where I'm at. But uh, he dropped nothing but bombs, guys. Like it was literally fire after fire, gem after gem. Uh, Literally, I took two pages of notes like just a genuine guy who's killing the game uh and i don't want to tell you who it is but you're gonna find out man it it was fire so get ready to get your minds blown away because uh if you're literally looking at uh taking your life to the next level you're listening to the right podcast if you are in the 97 percent of people that aren't doing much then you're on the wrong place leave now otherwise hit play baby continue listening because uh Especially today's episode is literally a definition of that. Uh, everything is going great, guys. Uh, you know, before we get into this uh, amazing interview, uh, we we just did a, a multifamily deal. We um, we're doing a few projects right now, whether it's uh, the construction company or as an investor myself or partnering. So it, it's just uh, it's been a blessing. You know, I always like to hashtag bless life. Uh, you know, we just came back from a vacation. Um, Things are just going great, so uh, I'm I'm excited. Um, those of you who are interested uh, in joining my mastermind, the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind, please let me know. Uh, we're gonna open up one more spot. Uh, we're trying to keep it small, but all the guys in there, guys, are just killing it. So if you're interested in joining all the fire that we're doing, uh, you know we we meet every Thursday for the mastermind uh, through Zoom and. Uh, you know, we also have a texting thread going. We have a Facebook group. Um, so every day, guys, literally, you're going to be hold. You, we're going to hold you accountable for whatever it is that you're trying to do. That's the beauty of it is every day there's fire on this text thread nonstop. Um, and again, we meet every Thursday. So you're able to get an update and let us know how everything is in your business, uh, everything that you're doing. So uh, if you're interested, hit me up. Also, uh, I am opening a spot for one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested in any coaching one-on-one, if you're ready to take your life to the next level, hit up info at billythekid.com. Matter of fact, if you haven't yet, check out all the testimonials that uh, we got going for the mastermind and for the one-on-one coaching. It's on my YouTube at billythekid, D-H-A-K-I-D-D. Uh, on YouTube and you could listen for yourself. So yeah, that way you could check out and see exactly how everything is turning for all the great people that I am surrounding myself with through coaching, through the mastermind and uh, everything in between the, the investing as a contractor. I mean, there's so many great people. Shout out to everybody that um, 
believes in everything that I'm doing. Uh, and this is a team effort. So if you're ready to join the team, hit up info at Billy the Kid, whether it's coaching or the mastermind and or both. Uh, there's some that are doing both. And, uh, you know, again, check out the testimonials. I can only tell you, but hear it for yourself. They're they're killing uh, everything that they're set out to do. So check that out. Um, also, if you're locally in Lincoln, uh, make sure that uh, hit, hit us up. If you're looking for some uh, private money, if you're looking for some lending, we are offering that. Uh, if you're ready to do that next flip or the first flip that you're trying to do or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish with uh, private money, hit us up. Um, contracting, hit up uh, New Era Construction, LLC.net. Uh, and other than that, guys, grab a copy of my book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. It is out everywhere. You could check it out on uh, actually the Audible. The audio version is out on Audible, so check that out. I've had a few people ask me about that. It is on Audible, so check that out. Uh, otherwise, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and if you really want to get crazy, BillyTheKid.com, and I'll autograph the copy that you're going to receive. So go grab an autographed copy. It is out everywhere. Uh, but with that being said, guys, Today's interview was amazing, uh, and I'm just going to dive into it because this dude dropped literally fire after fire. Indar, directly from Hawaii, baby. Let's get it. Vamanos. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK. And today, I have a special guest uh, all the way, totally opposite of where I'm at right now. We're... About 10 degrees right now in Nebraska. <laughs> Indar, <laughs> yeah. how you doing, man? <laughs> Aloha. Aloha, everybody there you go. out there. Thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning on. Super excited to talk to you, Billy, and just uh, share some value. If I can value add to everybody out there, you know, get, add value back to people's lives. You know, that's what uh, that's what successful people, I think, should be all doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Love it, love it. And if you haven't guessed yet, uh, by, the, by the way that you walked in or came into the interview... Tell us where you're at, man, because you are, like I said, I'm in a 10 degree weather area yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm born in, I'm born and raised in beautiful Hawaii. Um, been, I lived in mainland a couple of years, but been here all my life and I love Hawaii and I love everything about it. I don't know any differently. So weather is not a topic here in Hawaii. I think it's, I, don't know, I think it's 80. Oh no, it got cold last night. We got into the seventies. So it was a, <laughs> that's so funny you know it's so funny that you say that because uh i swear whenever i'm out in like california for example or uh somewhere else like that you know florida and it's like 70 degrees people or probably not 70s but like 50s 60s people are like oh my god it's cold i gotta put my sweater on and i'm like man (laughs) it's 60s it's all over the news it's like the huge thing on the news (laughs) love it love it uh to start off, uh, Indar, normally uh, at the beginning, we have book of the week. And I would like to ask you, what is one book that comes to your head right away, business or personal development that changed your life? And to this day, you still use it or something uh, currently that you're reading? Well, I mean, everyone always says Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So if you haven't read that, of course, that's your go-to. I think every person probably on your podcast has probably shared that. But actually, my go-to book, uh, I have a new book I just was reading, but um the goal is probably my change my mindset is called the goal and it talks about everything you do to have a goal and have a goal in mind you know from say you're trying to get instagram followers 
what's your goal? Why are you trying to get Instagram followers? You know, um, what's the reason behind that? And then it looks back, what's your bottleneck to your goal, which is the key to every goal is to not necessarily, uh, you know, to figure out the goal, but then to work backwards. And, you know, what's that bottleneck preventing you from achieving that goal? What's those steps that takes, you know, to get you to that goal? So the goal, it's a great book. Literally can't put that thing down. Um, I'm reading right now our, our Alex Hermosi's book. Um, you know, it's a great book I'm selling. I'm actually on my second time reading it twice. I, I loved it so much. Um, but I constantly look up books on tape, guys. If you're driving and listening to radio, turn that radio off and put a book on tape. Listen to a, a you know 1.5, 1. whatever. Listen to fast forward, and man, you should just be full in your head of information. I love that. Love it. Uh, you know, and and I, I'm sure cause it's funny you say 1.5. So I used to listen to two times, like uh, oh, shit, yeah. uh, you know, a podcast or whatever, and I really yeah. got used to it. But then. Yeah. Uh, I did catch myself at times where I would rewind and I'm like, Oh, let me rewind, rewind. You know, if I'm on my run or whatever it is. And so lately I went back to like one and a half. uh, And, you know, I heard this concept where it obviously quality versus quantity. Right. And because Mm -hmm. I've always, I've been, you know, at fault where I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to, I don't know, 50 books this year or whatever crazy idea, right? Or, or whatever. Uh, what's your theory behind that? Like when you go into listening to a book, because I know you study a lot, you you read and, and listen to a lot of stuff, obviously. Uh, w- what are some pointers you could give us while you're listening or reading? You know, the biggest pointer is it's all BS, guys. Read all you want, do all you want, watch as many videos as you want. If you don't take that action honestly i'm not the smartest guy in the room i'm not the, the i am the guy that just takes action you know i'll read something or i'll watch a video and i just do it right then and there i think we get so stuck up in um i i noticed this uh, investor friend of mine who's been through every one of my meetups and he's been through every event the guy, dude knows more than more stuff than me at this point but he's never bought a deal he's never pulled the trigger and took action so education is great you know taking effort is is the next step but then taking massive action is is the step to all of this so Mm. even if you take action and you fall forward you know it's better than not taking no action and that's what limits all of us and uh, to to me to this day i'm just doing bigger and doing more you know i'm trying to move and go bigger and bigger and bigger and it's always my limiting action that limits me and uh, you know elon musk takes more action than all of us and you know a a billionaire below us he takes more action so it's just who takes amount of action is where you're gonna be at in life you know Mm. yeah text text me at 10 o'clock at night and see what you're doing and text what i'm doing so we'll compare and, uh, wow love it yeah that's definitely true man uh it, it's funny because i think people overthink things or you know whatever uh what do you think so so to kind of go along with that I, I wrote a book called the power of being uncomfortable and it's funny it re- the the reason why i wrote that book was to get people to take action because i felt like a lot of the books out there have information but i'm like uh, what is one subject that i can touch on to make people take action so with that being said uh what you know there's fear and i talk about that on my book for example what are some what would be your way of telling somebody out there like what are you waiting for like come on just do it 
I love that you just said that that title because I actually speak about this constantly, the the mm. comfort levels. So, you know, when I first I didn't get to get in my store yet, but when I first first started, um, you know, we do four, one, two, three, four, five flips a year. And that was, you know, uncomfortable. And that was a lot at the time. But then I got comfortable at that. And we got a little bigger. Um, now we do about 30 flips a year, about 30, 40 million a year in, in fix and flips. And I'm comfort, you know, I'm comfortable. I can have 156 rentals. My comfort level is fine. I can quit today and totally be fine in life. You know, I, you know, have a huge, great cash flow and a, a ton of, you know, rentals. So I could get quit, but then my comfort is just comfortable now. But that's not enough for me. I want to push my comfort level into the bigger things. And we're going into huge multifamilies. We're buying a shopping center right now at 5.8 million. Um, and we're buying bigger and just pushing our comfort levels. So I think that's all what scaling is about is we get good, we get comfortable. And do we want to push that comfort levels? And that's the factor. And, and it's, it starts from our W-2 job. You know, we're working a W-2 job, a lot of us, you know, before this whole game and getting out of a W-2, getting paid every Friday is a big comfort level to change. And it's, that's what our growth is, is pushing that comfort level. And um, I just don't think about it. I just do it. And uh, I just asked my dad the other day, you know, um, you know, I should just stop, you know, I'm good, right. I'm good in life. Why don't I stop? My dad's like, you're just going to go do something else that's going to drive you and push you to do more. I as well keep doing this thing that you're good at and making more money at that compared to, you know, I used to work out a lot and really into that. I like get into these phases of just going all in. He's like, you might as well just keep at this, you know, and keep the, mm. the real estate portfolio going. And wow. Push those comforts. That was, that was my next question to you Indar is, uh, and, and I think you could probably piggyback off of that, uh, that is so crazy because uh, every all this great stuff that you're doing, it yeah, we haven't even dug in, and we're already dropping fire, guys. So if you're listening and all that, drop me, drop us a comment and reshare this because we're already dropping comment or dropping bombs. Uh, <laughs> it, if you could give me a little bit more because I feel like um, so my thing with not stopping right like where you know when you have enough cash flow and and all everything's going great already uh there's a certain level where like you said and you're good and i also with the mastermind that i'm running you know all the guys know like hey we can't say comfortable like we never use that language instead let's say happy we're happy where we're at uh what do you think indar is uh like what's your why? Like once you've acquired all these massive, great things that you're doing, what is your why now? I'm sure it's changed from the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why you say that. Yeah. My goals were just never big enough. You know, I had the goal to make a million dollars a year. And I had, when I hit that goal, I was like, eh, like it wasn't big enough. I felt like, you know, I had that goal as a kid to make a million bucks, but then that didn't equate to nothing net worth. I was more important to me at that time once I finally did that. And net worth is way more important. Net worth is more cooler. When you're in this kind of society, no one cares about how much you make. It's they care about your net worth. Um, it's just it is more cool. So my goals now is five generations of wealth. So I want to be able to have my fifth generations below me to be able to, you know, live off of, you know, I want to be that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, yeah, I yeah. the kids that are, you know, those just fun babies. Cause I didn't grow up that way. I, I, I didn't have none of that. So yeah. You know, and, it's, and it's, you know what? Let's go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it, there's, there's different ways of people thinking if they don't want to leave nothing to your kids or, you know, want their kids to work for it or leave everything to them, let them, you know, but it's just on the parenting and how they raise the kid at that point, I believe. So. Man, you, so I was going to go to this other subject, but you just opened up another subject that I would love to uh, ask you is uh, what's your, because I've heard, uh, you know, yeah, let's change our kid's life, give them everything. Right. And then there's the other argument, right? Like where I think, is it Mark uh, from that, that owns Dallas uh, Mavericks? I think he said like, I ain't leaving yeah. nothing to my kids or whatever. What, uh, what are some of the steps that you're taking uh, to, to basically leave it to your kids and make sure that, you know, nothing's promised. Right. But how are you making, what, 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 uh, we'll say steps are you taking for them not to, uh, uh, mess up everything that, you know, that you have worked for if, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, I don't know. You, I mean, that comes into parenting your kid and hopefully training, teaching them about money actually. So, I, we're building this co-working space, 6,000 square foot co-working spaces where we're going to have events and do teaching. Um, part of my vivid vision, by the way, guys, you should read that book. Um, and I want to teach kids. I want to teach kids on financial literacy, how to read a profit and loss statement, how to do your taxes, uh, tax strategies, how to open a bank account, how to, how to start a company. I have 14 companies, you know, how to uh, run a company. You know, I really want to teach kids that that. I just was at a, my, we're trying to get into Punahou, like the most prestigious high school here, or school here in Hawaii, pr private school. And I asked them, why don't they teach kids this stuff? And it's just like, it didn't dawn on the teachers there, you know, how to do your taxes and how to start a company. Like it should be something basic that should be taught, but they, they miss do that in the education system. So. I think that's where it's going to start for me. Man. I already am. I already started with my kids. Uh, my my kid's five years old, and he knows about investing his money, making his money work for him. He's got different piggy banks, and uh, we play fun games. And I just constantly talk to him about it. You know, he sees me doing it, so you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes I just. You know, it's hard when you're a parent, right? You're just like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're, you're winging it, some of it. I don't know. For, I for the best. Yeah. <laughs> no, love it, love it. Uh, and with that being said, uh, again, we literally just dropped fire. Uh, let's back up a little bit. Uh, who are you? <laughs> we, just, yeah. we just started dropping bombs. Uh, let, let's back up a little bit. If, if you could let, so you said you're from Hawaii. Um, let's yeah. start with uh, how was it growing up? Uh, how, yeah. how was your household? Were you rich and and famous no i was uh <laughs> i was actually born on a pot farm here in hawaii uh, my parents had a 17 acre marijuana farm in Hilo. My parents grew weed in for a living back in the 70s and 80s uh they grew they moved to hawaii to grow weed um so i grew on a, on a pot farm we sold a pot farm to some colombians um because my parents got out of the marijuana business so after that i grew up fairly nervous surf camp fish dive Every day, surf twice a day, um, smoked a lot of weed, and <laughs> got in trouble. Uh, 18 years old, I uh, changed my life, turned my right life around. Got a degree in business, then I went in and got an electrical engineering degree. Um, I don't drink or I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. I don't do nothing. I work. Um, got an engineering degree, 
then worked for an engineer for a while, electrical engineer. That was great, you know, great job. You know, make 100, 200,000 a year, great. But it wasn't enough for me in life. I wanted to be a million. I want the million dollars. And I always had that drive, drive to have more. I uh, started uh, my engineering firm that I was working for. He said, hey, your dad has a construction company. Why don't you help building his company? And uh, I never thought of that. You know, I kind of wanted to do my own. But I, I went into that. I worked for my dad's company, helped grow his company. It was difficult, difficult, you know, definitely hard. Uh, uh, but I learned a lot. Um, and then I uh, started uh, 2013. My wife drug me to one of those seminars. At that same time, I knew real estate needed to be a part of my life. I knew real estate needed to be somewhere in my life. Um, didn't want to be an agent because I didn't want to be making the 3%. I wanted to be the making the 97%. You know, I want to be that side of the deal. Um, I didn't, you know, an agent still works for somebody else. I wanted to be the one. He who has gold makes the rules. So I want to be the one who had the gold uh, per se. Um, and I went to a, a seminar, a flipping seminar at the time. And uh, it helped me kind of snowball this even faster. And that's when I started pushing education, pushing learning. Um, I have all these other degrees and love education. So why not learn about this? And uh, at the same time, bought our own first house, 25 years old, 26 years old, bought my first house, uh, got a loan from the bank. And this is where you start, guys, nugget out there, whoever's listening, where to start in this business, just go to bank and buy something, go to bank and the bank gave me 200,000. Went and bought a little tiny hole in the wall in Hawaii, 200,000 is small. <laughs> so got a little 500 square foot little condo in my girlfriend wife now uh, she helped pay for it with me and uh paid it myself lived in it uh lived in it for two years but buying that property really helped me get the fundamentals of what is escrow what is closing costs what are just the basics uh for me real estate was a whole new language i knew nothing mm -hmm. about real estate and it's, it's its own language sometimes uh you know all the different terms we purchase sale agreements and Man, they use acronyms all the time, and, and I do commercial now, and acronyms are like huge. And uh, you gotta learn all these little, you know, little acronyms SFR and all these acronyms. It's its own word, language. Uh, but yeah, we bought a place, we lived in two years, we sold it, and after two years, you pay no capital gains and made 90 grand. I uh, took that 90 because I get out nothing. Um, took that 90 grand and we went into our first flip and um, bought a $700,000 property and we sold a million, million 28, 28, I think we did. Um, and I partnered with somebody at that time. I was, you know, green, didn't know what I was doing. And best advice that somebody gave me is just partner with somebody making something is better than making zero, you know? So that was a great mm. learning experience for me i did a wholesale deal same time about two and uh one two the first year three four the next year flips you know five six seven the following year you know it's not an overnight success guys I, i'm not an i'm a grinder i just grind i lost my third deal ever i lost 90 grand that was a learning experience what um, happened there I, uh my arv my figure out my comps i was too aggressive um market was still hard this was probably how the market is now this was 2017 18 it was hard to sell a house back then and a combination of 
couldn't sell it. Rehab budget, we got hit with asbestos on the ceilings. We had a $30,000 fine from uh, Sydney County. Uh, we removed some popcorn ceilings that had asbestos in it. So a combination of everything. Uh, luckily, I wasn't all in on just one project. We had another house going. We made 90 grand. And uh, now I'm more into scale. So you not all in on one project. We have 18 flips going right now in Hawaii, another seven in the U.S., about 30, 40 million in fixing flips going. Um, I've done about 120 of them uh, at this point. Um, I have uh, a huge, great team now. We're in the mainland doing deals, flipping. We had a wholesale business nationwide. We just scaled that back off, uh, the wholesaling nationwide. It's a lot of work wholesaling, a lot more than most people uh, think. Uh, we, we were wholetailing during the last two years when it was easy, but we not wholetailing now. We're fully mm-hmm. flipping them now. Um, and the flipping's great. We do some high-end, stupid, crazy flips. We have a 2.7 million, 800,000 rehab, selling that at 4.5. Uh, I do a lot of million-dollar, big, high-end stuff. Is that like uh, a thing that you have to do in Hawaii, or is that just what you choose to do what's the median uh home price in hawaii right now generally yeah generally a million normally you try to stay in a sweet spot pre pre pandemic um when it was hard to flip i used to only stay on under a million and a half when you start selling homes over a million and a half you're you're dealing with a different type of buyer financing is a lot different so they're harder to sell generally over a million and a half so i used to and that's where i'm rolling back right now we're trying to stay under that million and a half sweet spot so we generally buy seven eight hundred maybe a million is our kind of purchase prices um so generally we do that we once in a while we find if we're lucky like a four hundred thousand dollar house um you know that uh, those are great we love to do those ones because of the easeability of those uh rehabs are a lot lower you know when you're doing a six hundred thousand dollar rehab their budgets are very difficult to stay on track um, there's a lot of moving parts when you do high-end flips, you know, lighting under the cabinets and custom garage doors and specialty this and water fountains. And you have to kind of pull out all the stops. So they're more time consuming, uh, but the returns are great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, and I used to have this problem of wanting to be like others in the mainland where we would do a hundred a year. You know, they, they do 100 a year and they make maybe 20 grand a flip or 40 grand a flip. You know, I do about 30 a year and uh, you know, we make a lot more zeros on our, on our flips than, than those. Um, mm-hmm. So we have great profits on ours, so we don't have to do as much, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. flips. What, uh, so you mentioned you do some out, out of Hawaii out here. Uh, yeah what are uh what's that like some of the differences just because i feel like it's a whole other world when you do that yeah. so what what are some differences uh you know obviously i'm assuming the finishes you're gonna do in hawaii are probably different than the yeah. ones out here so what are some of the stuff that you're doing to well, level that yeah. out it always depends on where the market is my buddy's in california and la i haven't done any in california and he's in la and he teases me because i'm not as high end as his is in Hawaii, you're paying for location a lot more than any place else. So we have to be high end, but we don't have to be perfectly high end because um, we're buying locations. Like I sold a $3.2 million house. The land alone was $2.7 million. 
So, you know, a lot often you're paying, paying for location in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So yes, they have to be nice and new high end finishes, but um, yeah, every rehab's different. Uh, we have I just got off the phone with a uh, a project we have in, in Illinois, and um, you we did you know roll out vinyl flooring and just paint it and just everything simple and, and cheap, just nice and new kind of thing. Good enough is our yeah. Is our standard. Um, hmm. so it just depends on you know what your ARV is, your your location of that, what's your neighborhood. We'll look at other homes in that neighborhood, what they did as their finishes, maybe even copy them directly uh, and stuff like that. And so, you know, it just depends on the project and so forth. And, mm-hmm. and uh, what that area, even here in Hawaii, if we're in Kahala, the high end, you know, what that area calls for compared to Waianae, for example, uh, is our lower end area, you know. Hmm, but we okay. also I didn't talk to the rental side of it all. So flipping's great, guys. Flipping's awesome, make killer money. Up. But for the last three, four years, like I didn't have nothing to show for it. Like it was great, and I was making money, but I like looked, I had nothing. Like I, I had some money, and uh, so getting into rentals, buying, keeping them, and having like properties, assets, you know, to show. And that's one of the things I could share with everyone. Them start looking at if you can possibly keep these, keep them. Um, it, I struggled with that because you do a flip and we make a hundred, maybe a hundred, two hundred thousand, whatever you make. It's nice, and you want your money now. But you know, you do a rental, you maybe make five hundred bucks a month. You know, maybe you're gonna make after after a rental. So I never, I never could make that crossover, and then finally. Uh, I started realizing that there is so much more than a rental than just that cash flow. And that was the, the tax savings, uh, the cost segregation, the, the uh, properties here in Hawaii, they go up, they appreciate in value. So there's so much other things that come into play with rentals. And now I buy rentals, not for the cash flow. I buy them for the uh, the tax savings is called a cost segregation study. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're buying this $5.8 million shopping center that now I'll have a million point two in tax savings. And now I can go flip and make a million point two and wipe out my taxes. I paid 600 bucks in taxes last year doing this, mm. doing this. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So we do a burr process on everything we buy. Um, from single-family dinky little houses to the multi-family to commercial centers, the whole process is trying to buy right, so you're able to take all your money and investors, all our investors' money, all come back out of a deal within a year. Um, some of these bigger stuff, like maybe two years. Um, and the velocity money, the quicker I can get money, my money, everybody's money back out, the more I can do to buy, do more. So my thinking is dramatically different than most people uh we're we're all stuck on interest rates right now and that's like you're you're all you know most people normal people are stuck in that i don't give a shit what interest rates are um Mm. because i know i can buy a property now whatever the hell the interest rates are i can refinance later at a better interest rate i'm literally refinancing i have an 8.2 million dollar 37 houses 114 doors in connecticut i'm refinancing that right now Costing me three points, cost me points. They they have these penalties when you refinance mm. these things t- too quickly. But I know I have about a million dollars. 
I can be taking out of that properties, those properties, and now I can deploy that million to make more money. So the mindset of money and making it work for you from lines of credit with the banks, getting FHA loans, these are all forms of money that you're putting to work uh, for you, private money investors included. Um, mm-hmm. So you're making money, moving money. The more you move money, the more money you, you make. You know, mm. is how I, I think of it differently than most. Yeah, people. no, I love that. And, you know, I love that you touched on, uh, because we're going to talk about your flipping business for sure. I want to hear a little more about that <laughs> because you're killing it. Uh, but I love that you mentioned uh, one thing that I always like to say is if you want to get rich, then flip. If you want to build, if you want to get wealthy, then keep some of these rentals so that I feel like you were agreeing with me on that, you know, in in that sense. Uh, So I love that. And also I love that you're using that to your advantage so you can keep flipping anyways. Um, What uh, you mentioned that you did some wholesaling. Uh, What, what was the reason that you kind of slowed down a little bit on the wholesaling aspect of it? Well, right now, well, we, well, honestly, what we were struggling with wholesaling is not finding the deals, it's selling the deals off and finding mm. that end buyer. And um, just in general, the amount of work it takes for me, it was just a lot more work to get, you, you get your lists, you're skip tracing. We have our cold callers, you're managing cold callers and you're following up with on the deals. Um, you know, it's a lot of, you have to full-time dedicate yourself to that. And uh, when we were doing nationwide, we made, I, I think, 100, 200,000 last year from it, you know, not bad. But um, the amount of work, the, the ad spend, we were five grand a month. I think we we're spending on, on that whole business. Um, it's a full time job. And you talk to some of these bigger wholesalers that do a lot, they'll do 10 a month. You ask them, what are they making per deal? That's, that's what you need to look at. People, mm. a lot of these wholesalers is, one friend of mine, oh yeah, I got you know, I got 10 leads locked up. Like, okay, great. How many of those leads did you sell? But how much do you make from that you know, deals? So they, mm. you know, generally make two, three grand, maybe 10 grand on a wholesale deal. You know, I take that same amount of time and energy and I'll do one flip and pound out 200 grand, you know, pick mm. one, pick your time. Um, so we're just bringing our focus back into what we're good at in our market and, uh, um, the other struggle we we didn't pivot enough into wholesaling and finding uh, hedge funds and finding solid end buyers. It's very easy to wholesale when it's in your market because you know areas, you know your buyers very well. Um, we just never we never pivoted fast enough to finding mm. solid end buyers and to be in markets where we had, uh, you know, because now flippers in general are dying off. You know, they're it's obviously a different market right now, so. You're gonna. It's harder to find uh, flippers. Um, I hate to say it, but often when you're wholesaling a deal, you may be selling to that naive new flipper who, who would leave more meat on the bone for you, you know, naively. Um, mm. it just, you, you'd make more that way too, uh, being a wholesaler. Um, and now, you know, those naive, you, you're left with the more experts, and they're gonna want more meat on the. You know, they're gonna want more on the bone um, mm-hmm. of it all. So no, yeah, that, post, post that, that's, bad, uh, just, yeah. no, that that's powerful right there, man. That's uh, I agree. <laughs> I, I have, I can't disagree with that. Uh, and so with that being said, when you, 
I'm assuming you were picking and choosing the ones that you wanted to keep to either yeah. keep as rental or flip. Uh, so are you still going to market, even though you're not going to be wholesaling as much? Uh, I guess the the main question would be, how are you finding your flip deals or rentals? Yeah, I mean, I remember when I started, there was like some gurus out there saying that you need to specialize, you need to niche down. And the mainland, was good. like you had to specialize at short sales or you had to specialize in probate sales or cold calling, for example. Uh, I find you when i early on i started i just tried everything and i just was dabbling well not dabbling i fully went in all into everything like uh uh we were cold calling we were, postcards was really part popular back then we were getting leads from postcards i hung uh, bandit signs out i made routes on uh, the streets of all the bandit signs and i had uh some dude off of craigslist start going and handing uh, hanging bandit signs for me paying two grand a finder's fee um you know uh, online auctions go down the courtroom steps uh we later on got into text blasting um so we do it all and of course mls mls is obviously free so great place to start there um we we're doing it all and often you would be like looking at one side and then the deals would come from the other side uh you know it, honestly you kind of have to try everything i just was on the radio for like six months at 3500 of a month and that was a total flop <laughs> you know mm. didn't work didn't work for me um, but i just constantly are trying and doing more things um you know and often the eight the, the deals will come in flows or they'll come you know as we're pressing for deals right now we're not hugely pressing for deals i'm not trying and that's always been my problem like we're, we're always been content at our deal flow um, I think I can scale to more to 90,000, uh, 90 flips a year, but um, I'm debating about doing that. If I want to do that, it's a lot of capital raise, a lot of money moving. Um, not many people move. We move a lot of money on flips. Like we move 200,000 a week most of the time because our repairs and our budgets and um it's very uh it's a lot more intense than people realize uh, managing managing all your money and income and you have multiple bank accounts and so forth mm -hmm. um, no and and out of all so you said you've done it all you've tried everything and and you're i, I totally agree with that uh what would be the main one or two ways that uh you would say to stick with after all the all the money yeah. that you've spent i mean given real estate real estate agents are always the easiest you know working with an agent and multiple agents i should say you know it's free you know custom marketing is just a phone call uh so cold calling agents you know try that out um you know going to any courtroom step auctions is always a good nice place to go um you know whatever you kind of finding deals on to to go all in on that you know if you're finding deals in this way, just to keep pushing that way and keep going for it until that. The hard thing with wholesaling, for example, when you do find deals, is wholesaling changes. The, um, when I first started, postcards was it. Like postcards was killing it. Um, and then the, the cold calling really vamped up and cold calling obviously still today is huge. Uh, and then text blasting. So cold, you know, finding deals off the market you constantly have to be changing. You have to be that seller, that person, that distressed homeowner. 
you know, might be getting annoyed of all those phone calls. And now their texting is a lot more uh, loose or, uh, you know, easier for them. You know, and, and every market, um, I have a buddy in Kansas City who makes a killing using a newspaper and posting in a newspaper. Um, you know, so I don't think there's no great right way. It's just kind of got to figure out your nuances in your market and go in all in on it and, and try the other stuff as well. You know, but MLS is always the easiest. You, know, you can go on a Zillow and look for stuff easy. So. All right, man. Uh, all the massive stuff you're doing right now, uh, I couldn't help but think to ask you this. Uh, how did you, what are some of the steps that you have to do to, get from like, you know, you said one, two, three, four flips a year to now you're doing 90. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how, how do you, how, how does one scale to that? How do you, uh, you know, scaling obviously takes massive action, but you know, the best way I think is to just do like when I have something to do or a thought or a process, like, Oh, I should try this. I just do it. I, I don't think about it. I don't think too deeply in it. Um, and I half the time I'll be failing, whatever, but I just do that action. Say I need to hire a VA to help me with all the paper. I just did it. I didn't like, you know, think too deeply in it um, or the little tasks. Like, um, you know, I have to take care of this now. I just do it now, which provides me more time, which is obviously what you need and uh, more opportunity to do more. Um, so when I thought of a good system to put in place hey we need this person to work with that you know we just implement it and we did it um, may not be right may not be 100 perfect maybe the wrong software whatever it may have been there's always something better uh, but we just did it and still that's my mindset today anything like i'm a very task i'm a personality uh, i'm being in personalities and how we hire uh we have a i can't see we have a big office over here and and um I'm very into personalities. We're hiring three positions right now and uh, we're really into personality traits. So if you're trying to scale, I would definitely look into hiring. Obviously, you know, VA is your first, first, first hire. Uh, get a VA to do any mundane or easy task and then to start hiring and hire based upon, this is where I failed. I hired on, everyone was like great in an interview and really nice and sweet. You know, they're very nice people in an interview, but then what are they like three months from now or four months from now? Or what if their personality trait didn't allow them to excel at the job? For example, uh, an office admin type of person um, is a, is a task orientated. You're giving them tasks to do. So you wouldn't want to hire a person who's very salesy, in that position he may look good on paper but if his personality is with sales now he's not going to love his job he's not going to excel at that job so i want to find a personality trait that loves task and feels a sense of completion um so i actually learned the hard way by hiring based upon looking at resume and their work work you know, work ethic but now as long as they got some basic work worth ethic i will hire a personality and i can train that position to what I need to be and vice versa. You can move people now around in your companies that will be better at this other position. Um, you know, so I'm very big on personality traits and right people for the job. And then um, also to compartmentalize on how you hire. So instead of 
hiring one person to do it all. Uh, you want to compartmentalize and have a few people for a certain task. Uh, people love to come to work and, and just know what they need to do compared to trying to do everything uh, is, is a big thing. Um, you know, then you get into, do you pay them salary? Do you pay them a commissions? Um, I started on a, mostly a commission base because it was a lot easier for me, but then you kind of, you know, most people need to get paid weekly. That was a hard one. That was a hard step for me because I don't get paid uh, until I sell a house. I don't get paid until six, nine months, you know, later when I sell a house. So that was a huge transition, even for my lifestyle. Mm. Uh, moving from W two every you know every every Friday getting paid to now getting a huge lump sum, but later on, and what if you use that money, not being smart with that money? So early on, I I learned hard way. I was using the money putting into houses or whatever, and I wasn't thinking about proper. The uh, great book to read anyone is the Profit First. Great book on uh, it talks about. Uh, putting your money into different accounts. Say you s sell a house, you make a hundred grand, 30 of 30% of that goes, whatever, maybe 30% goes into your expenses of the rest of the year, 10% for taxes, another 5% for your personal. Uh, you basically are now allocating how much money you should be spending moving forward. Um, mm. We're still caught in to, we're caught up wrong. We're taught wrong. You know, we get a bill and we pay now, and that's how we're taught. You know, you have to kind of change that mindset. That's not how mm -hmm. we should be working. Mm, pay yourself. Yeah. Pay, pay I love that. Wow. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's massive a, right there. A great book. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually just listened to that book uh again. I I heard it a few years ago, so I li you know when it first came out probably, and then I just listened to it again, and I'm like, wow, like it it makes more sense every time you listen to it, and and the account thing is definitely something that I gather out of that uh uh it it very important. I mean because you know one thing you said uh also I think that goes along with that is uh when you hire people, don't hire them to do everything. I feel like a lot of people quit jobs right like i when i used to work my job i can sit here and tell you that that was something that i used to complain about like hey i'm doing everybody else's work yeah. around here so i love that yeah. you said that uh and it basically with, with the accounts i feel like uh all that like you put it you mix all that together man and and you have this like magic that's happening right uh you, mm -hmm. you're just putting it all together so i love that um you also mentioned hiring personality, not resume. Uh, I feel like that's also such, I mean, that those of you who are listening, like if you have employees, you're looking into employees, that is huge right there. Uh, mm -hmm. And because you also mentioned they're coachable. So man, you're providing gem after gem, man. I, I don't even know where to. <laughs> well, these are from, these are all from my failures, guys. I, I went through like four different, a huge role for me is having a good executive assistant uh, through my, you know, I went to four or five of them um, because they're great people, um, mm -hmm. but it was just they weren't the right personality. And then I learned to hire a task oriented person for that role. And now I have some amazing people on there who excel at what they do. Because ultimately you want you want your team to enjoy it. You know, I mean, I'm we're all spending eight hours a day, five days a week. You know, that's a lot of time of our lives spent together. So I, you know, I want to have a great culture. I want to have a great team. Um, no one is above each other. Everyone's, it's a team. 
uh, basis. Um, and you want to have a fun environment because this is we're doing life together. So let's mm. do life together and enjoy it. And uh, you know, love it, love it, love it. What what does a typical day look for you? Uh, <laughs> I wake up uh, six six to seven. I'm kind of nonchalant about how I wake up. I'm not strict on it. I I I think I enjoy the freedom of not having a set time to wake up, which is amazing. I I love mm -hmm. being in that position. Um, uh, right away, write in, I write in a journal. I read a meditation book in the morning. I actually go and plant my feet on the earth. I love doing that. Uh, you know, brush my teeth, all that, blah, 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 blah. But I spend the, the morning with my kids. My daughter comes in the room and she just wants to sit with me. She'll write in my journal with me, scribbles. Uh, she's uh, one, uh, almost two. And then I have a five-year-old son. Uh, so typically I just hang out with them. I'll just go lie on the couch with him. I won't answer my phone until until I drop him at school. So I drop my, my son at school and I won't answer my phone until they're uh, oddly once in a while. I'm not super strict, but I won't uh, answer my phone. I take uh, vitamins. I'm big. My mom's acupuncturist and I'm a masseuse. So I'm very big onto healthy vitamins, you know, some minerals and all these, uh, you should see how many pills and stuff I take with a nice protein drink. I don't drink coffee too much. Uh, once in a while I do. Try to work out in the mornings. I have a home gym. I'm honestly been slacking on the workout side of it all. Um, I'm really slacking on that. That should be incorporated. So that's one, one of my weaknesses. But I take the time in the morning, be quiet, stare at the mountain, look at my goals. Write, I, in my journal, I write down my goals, what my steps are to achieving those goals. Uh, you know, I have a goal of 84,000 a month net uh, passive. So that means all my rentals that after everything I need to have 84,000 a month. It's a million a year guys, if you can do the math. Um, so that's just my rentals. Um, and then to keep my flipping business netting about a million a year. And uh, then I want to get another 500,000 affiliate marketing um, and to grow a rental portfolio to, to try to get that up to 150 million is my, my goal. Um, and then I'll write down what is my, next what's my steps to achieving that what do i have to do this week to do that what do i have to do today to do that and i'll try and back track that down and constantly looking at that and writing it and uh, big um, favorite movie is the secret so i'm a big advocate on seeing and visualizing um and putting it out into this world and uh, still to this day I, I really believe in that you know you want a ferrari see yourself driving that ferrari you want to big house see yourself in that big house uh, vision boards and all that kind of stuff is great so you know mm. the, the secret was a great movie i remember when i was a kid and um yeah and then i get to work and i i try to stay in the office so i'm not best useful being at a job site you know i i used to drive around and go to home depot five times a day and keep them moving but you know i could have so many you know, is that the best use of my time? You know, when I pay somebody 15, 20, 25 bucks an hour, is that the best use of my time? Is my time valued at 20, 20 bucks an hour, you know, or is my time valued at 500 bucks an hour is what my time should be valued at. Um, is, so is that task I'm doing a, a $20 an hour, a $500 an hour task? And once I realized that, then I started thinking differently that, hey, I need to hire somebody to be doing this so I can be doing that $500 an hour task of 
uh, finding deals, finding investors, growing the company, um, working all the other companies we have, and uh, you know, thinking my time differently. You know, I thought I was saving money by working on a flip. I'm a construction guy. I, I have tools. I know how to. I love doing work. But am I saving money by doing that work, or mm-hmm. am I technically losing money to meet my goals? And mm. um, it, it was a still today. It's struggle. You know, some of the stuff I should be doing. So for me, my I'm more beneficial sitting in, in the office and generating, growing the company, and doing work here in the office compared to being on the road and. And all that driving and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's better to be in front of the office, computer, emails, phone, phone calls, kind of thing. Yeah, and then four o'clock, I'm done. I'm, I'm home. I go home four or five o'clock, and uh, I'm just all about the kids now. Two years ago, very differently. You know, I would grind it until ten o'clock at night. Um, I spend uh, four to five, six to seven o'clock about with the kids and. I'll still answer calls and then seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, uh, I'll check back into emails and I'll start following up with any, I mean, my phone is just never ending. And so mm-hmm. I'll be following up with emails, uh, take some calls there. Uh, we have Airbnbs that we manage, Airbnbs. I don't manage them too much, but sometimes I'll chime in and help out with uh, some of the complaints there that we have. Mm-hmm. There's always something. Um, and, and how many and how many uh, airbnbs do you have right now i have six yeah six of them six, and then nice. we have a and a turtle we have a car that's attached to them as well and mm-hmm. uh they're great um they're great to have um great tax write-off too and yeah uh, definitely a trickier market if you're thinking of getting them make sure you understand some other rules that apply but um, they're, they're great it's great to have uh love it and um we burned we burned them all out and they're just cash flowing so i love burning you know taking your money out of things and put it to work to do more you know that old school way of thinking was to pay things down and have no debt i'm for refinancing all of my money and putting it into more things and using you know of course investors money everybody to do more so Mm, man fire right there and uh (laughs) what with the burp process uh do you have what is like the worst deal you could think of that you have dealt with uh when you were burring so the burr process we have two rules we follow i make sure i buy at least 70 percent all in value so we're gonna buy at 70 percent of uh, all in value so your arv this includes your rehab your even holding costs escrow everything you try to be at 70 percent um because when you go to refinance you're going to generally get a loan at about 75%. So uh, worst case, you may be off in your ARV, you may be over budget, uh, whatever it may be. So you kind of want to get close to taking all your money out. Um, and uh, then we also follow a 1% rule. So we have to make sure if we buy it at 100000 it needs to rent 4000 bucks. If we buy it at $10 million, yeah, it needs to rent for hundred thousand a month. So the one percent rule it applies to every size of a deal we even do. Um, we do dive in deeper, but it's just a great quick rule of thumb to see if something will cash flow and meet those two criteria right away off the bat. Mm. Um, because we're going to refinance and take all our money out after we add value. So 
we add value by one or two ways. In single family houses, we add value by new kitchens, new floors. We're forcing the appreciation by adding uh, you know, new uh, roofs and floor. that's how we add value in single family world. In the multifamily and the commercial space world, uh, value is added by increasing rents, uh, lowering expenses. So they evaluate these properties by looking at the, the incomes uh, minus your expenses, your NOI. Uh, so they're looking at the valuation of these properties are valued based upon income and expenses. Yes, you do hopefully make new floors and new roofs, but in, in return, you're trying to raise rents and so forth. Um, and once we add value in those two different scenarios, uh, then we will go back to the bank and refinance and take out. So for example, we're buying a 5.8 million shopping center. Once all the rents and everything are kicked in and the value is added, it already, we already actually had an appraise, it'll appraise at 8.2 million. Um, so now we go back to the bank at 8.2 million and we'll refinance out our 6 million, pay off all our investors, our money. Um, it may actually be in a higher rate loan so again, I might be into a higher interest rate loan, but who cares? Because now I'm taking out all that money I had and I can do more. Mm. So, mm -hmm. you know, interest rates are thought differently for me than the mm -hmm. normal. I can refinance in three years or there's so much different ways. Um, get control of the property now, figure it out later. It's kind of my mm -hmm. theory. Um, well, I can't yeah. help but. I want to ask you this question in Dora because I love your language and, and just saying, you know, interest rates, who cares? Because I feel the same way. I, I totally agree with all that you're saying. You have the crystal ball right now. What, what are we looking at in the next 12 months in the market? Um, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I buy now. <laughs> I'm an investor. I'm not a, I'm not a homeowner. Homeowner. Yeah. He, he may care. I'm an investor. Mm. I buy a deal based upon a deal looking at it now. And uh, I buy right. You know, I'm not buying at market rates. So I buy well below markets um, rates. So again, you can refinance a deal later in two to three years when you're, you know, whenever the rate hits to whatever magic number you want it to be at. Um, you know, our cash flows now at the numbers that work now uh, numbers. So I I don't believe in that. I kind of cut buckheads with, I have a friend of mine who's really into market and predictions. I mean, I look at the market, don't get me wrong. And I look mm -hmm. at what may be doing. Um, but I buy, I buy based upon today. I buy, I'm not buying at market. I'm not a homeowner buying at, you know, listing price. I'm buying 70% below market values. Mm. Um, so I can offset a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's other kinds of ways kind of loans to get to it with lower interest rates you can we, we're crediting some of our our buyers right now we're buying down their rates we can buy down their rates it's like this two two one uh deal you can buy down rates so we can help owner homeowners as well um, when we're selling but um it, you know i tell people if you need a house you buy it now you know the best time to buy a house <laughs> best time to buy a house was 20 years ago the second best time to buy houses now you mm. know the worst time to buy is 10, you know, five years from now. Um, you know, you always look smart when you buy real estate in that 30 year span. So you just look, you look like a genius from 30 years from now buying, you know, buying at a rate right now, 30 years from now, you'll look like a genius, you know, mm. um, you know, it's so. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. Long, you know, uh, when we <laughs> just had the 
2% rate. We were selling homes at 100,000, 200,000. I did 300,000 over asking. I sold a house. You know, I didn't, it wasn't at the 2% rates. Now, you know, we're at a whatever 7% rates and we're selling below asking. So, you know, they offset each other. You know, you're going to get now a better deal on the house. You know, so, or you're going to pay a lot more for the house at the lower rate. You know, mm. again, it, it rates just a number. You can, Three years from now, go back and do a get a refinance or whatever. Wow, I love that, love it, love it. Because yeah, you could sit on the sideline and and cross your fingers and wait, or you know, yeah. so love it. Yeah, and and it's so no, true, man. No one's gonna no one's gonna tell you now is a good time to buy. Like everyone's yeah. saying, hold cash now and get ready to buy. I hate to break it to you, but there's not gonna be news article saying, hey, buy now. You know, there's never going to be somebody <laughs> wow. telling you. It's so funny. And you know what's funny about that? I'm laughing because you are, that is so true. But they're they're always going to tell you not to. You know, they're yeah. the, the bad news, right? Like you're, you're always going to hear that. So I love that. Wow. Uh, and then I wanted to ask you this. Uh, why? Uh, and those of you listening, if you're not following him yet, you're messing up because you're dropping some you. fire content right now uh i i wanted to ask you why like what what's the reason why why are you sharing so much think, knowledge you know, a, and i come from away there's abundance in life guys there's enough to go around in life there's there's mm. plenty uh I, I didn't have that mindset before when i was coming up and trying to do it my own i was still in a competitive no, mode trying to like worry about others um, now there's, there's a, there's enough for all of us. Um, mm. you know, I want everyone to succeed. If everyone could do a flip a year and make a hundred gram, that'd be amazing. Um, so I just provide a ton of value and you know what it is? Uh, another reason people don't take the action. So I'll call you guys out. Whoever's listening, <laughs> take that action. I'll tell you 99.9% .9 on how to flip a house, but if you don't do it, it means nothing. Mm. Um, so, you know, I give it all out. I'll give it all away. It's fine. Uh, you know, there's enough. I think I've succeeded, you know, in life now that I feel comfortable that I'm not trying to hide everything. Obviously, there's some deeper, harder things that I haven't got into. But, um, um, you know, there's enough for all of us. And I hope everyone succeeds. And yeah, Indar Hawaii and all my social platforms have messaged me. I help people. I just I got a message today uh, from somebody who's struggling with something. And I don't care. I'll help everyone. I'm not going to be a fully open book. I'm not going to tell you all my private money investors and my contractors. Mm -hmm. I get those texts too, but yeah, ask <laughs> general, general helping questions. And uh, man, there's enough for everyone to succeed. And I hope we all succeed. And I, I hope you do well in life. And uh, you know, it, it, there's enough for all of us. Mm, wow. I love that. Cause uh, I totally agree with you because uh, me kind of, putting myself out there and doing some coaching stuff that I'm doing. I, that that's a true. And the reality is the more help, the more people you help, like Zig Ziglar said, right. Then the more you get what you want anyway. So I love yeah. that. Uh, and literally guys, uh, I'm telling you, go, go follow him. Like you're slacking. If you're not like, there's tons of content that, uh, you're going to find, um, what, what is happiness to you? What's happiness mean? That's a good question. <laughs> Cause I'm struggling with that right now because I'm pushing to bigger, I keep pushing to bigger stuff. So um, there's moments in life of happiness. There's moments of uh, enjoyment, of course. But I mean, happiness by money buys happiness. 
break it to you people that say money doesn't buy happiness is people that don't have money but mm -hmm. um you know we can we're gonna take a trip to you know we just jump on a flight and take a trip now i don't have a private jet i'm not there yet but you know we still can jump on a flight enjoy the time with the family do the things that make me happy you know with my being with my family having fun with them you know taking my kid fishing whatever it may be those small moments <coughs> but um you know there's just more moments of life of happiness and now it's just bigger struggles i guess so mm. i don't know that's a tough question because is the the bum on the corner of the street you know truly happy with no you know no life struggles you know nothing to worry about or is that millionaire i guess it's more moments of, of happiness in life mm. love that love it uh And based on what you mentioned and the stuff that you do in the morning, uh, but what are some actionable ways that people can lower stress, for example? I've been wanting to do the cold shower. Uh, my buddy keeps raving about doing the cold shower first thing in the morning. Um, so I think I need to start doing that one. <laughs> uh, I have a, I have like an actual have a weird shower it's all alexa i have no valves it, it automatically turns on plays music and sets to 105 degrees and i need i would have to specially change it but um, <laughs> um i think that would be great you know the journal writing helps lower stress um i think the journal writing is great uh just because it gets out of paper it, it helps mm -hmm. me um, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah no i and i i totally agree uh i i just started doing the shower the cold shower thing uh probably actually all yeah. this year alone i did it every day you know that, that oh, i did? work on myself so and yeah. and i will say i don't do it the whole shower uh for sure i'm like 30 seconds to a minute is what i do yeah. as soon as i jump in and it, it's yeah. it's good man it, it feels good because you're I can't help but think every time, like, man, if I'm doing this to start my day, you know, I'm yeah. I'm killing the game already. Most people aren't. Yeah. So uh yeah, well, I, I'm I gonna love take that. that from you. I'm gonna take that from you. <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds is all you need. I'll follow up. <laughs> um and and you you know, because I I think society in general, and especially if you want to get into entrepreneurship and investing, you know, I, I feel like our biggest problem is that we think we shouldn't have problems, you know, and, and it, the, the reality is problems is what makes us grow, uh, you know, and, and if, if you're growing in anything, then you're going to feel better to begin with. You're going to feel happy. Right. And uh, I, I've, I don't know. I just feel like we were made for that. Like in, in an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, it's like, what am I solving today that, you know, every, every day that you wake up, that's how I wake up. It's like, all right, what am I solving today? What's, what's the problems? Uh, I, I, I think people yes. need to get over that, right? Like the, yes. it's like, it is what it is. It comes with it. Um, so, so I love that. Um, exactly. You hit it on the, the, the head on the nail there, man. There's just tons of problems and new problems. It's not the same problem. I think maybe that's mm. what scares people sometimes is uh, you're, you're not the expert when solving some mm -hmm. of these problems. You just have to make these pretty hard decisions sometimes and no one to look to or, You kind of got to figure it out you know you got to figure yeah. it out and there's no one else to like point you or ask you know it's, it's, it's a figure mm. out figure out kind of process game you know? yeah no that's so true man love it and uh i as much as i hate to man uh we got to wrap it up because i could sit here and talk to you all day man you have yes, so much yes. wisdom and so many crazy i literally have two pages of notes like <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, i love I love this talking story. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you. And once again, thank you for coming on. Um, 
the last couple questions that I ask everybody that I invite here to the podcast is uh, obviously since I wrote the power of being uncomfortable, I like to ask you, what is one way that, that tra you trace back right away that you got uncomfortable that paid off? I think to keep pushing that comfort level to keep going bigger and bigger, um, you know, not be content, you know, that there's no one way just to keep doing it and learning and, uh, and, and joining groups, I should say, actually, it was a big group uh, being around successful people that have struggled in their businesses. So mm. I would say that was a big, big help. I love that. And, uh, I, I couldn't help but ask you just, with uh when i asked you about the happiness i, I want to ask you this other question that kind of goes along with that too uh you're 90 years old right now what is the things that you're proud of right now um yeah my kids of course number one my kids my fa my family and then yeah my my rental portfolio you know it's saying have a net worth is pretty that's my first cool goal to say you know having a net worth because net worth is wealth to me generational wealth you know mm -hmm. making a million dollars a year you have to go do it every year but having a net worth is pretty cool to me so mm. having like successful kids and you know, of course kids that are hopefully doing well it's you know our, now as a dad that's your new goal i love that love it love it and uh if you were to look back at your younger self indoor and you're 18 years old right now however <laughs> even as a kid what is some piece of advice you would give yourself right now I, I I would keep doing it how I did it. Um, I think everything had a reason. You know, I went to jail. I've done uh, some DUIs and all that kind of stuff and partying and some bad, tough times. Uh, I wouldn't change any of it because it did bring me to where I am at. But I would say to push uh, more of the education and to start doing it sooner. I think as a young person, I was more procrastinating and I knew what I needed to do. Real estate is very simple to understand. It's just doing it. The second to the last question that I have for you, Indar, is uh, if you were to write a book, what would be the theme and title for it? Oh, man, uh, I would just call it Flipping Hawaii, uh, you know, or Moneymakers, probably <laughs> something like that. Uh, mm. Talk about flipping and some of the, the stuff we talked about today and uh, share my I like stories, that. I think, would be the cool part of it all. I like that. I love it. Love it. And then if there were a three a three step formula to success and if you do these three things, you're not going to fail. What are the three things to success? Um, I'll work everybody. But no, I used to say that. But no, it's work smarter than everybody. And to. um you know, focus your time on money productive activities and to, of course, educate yourself and to keep growing and being around smart people to help you grow as well, mm. you know, and to be open-minded, of course. I love that. Love it. Love it. And uh, where can people find you? If you could let everybody know, where can people find you? Uh, I know Instagram is popping, guys. Check that out. But give, give all your info real quick. It's Indar Hawaii at uh, YouTube, uh, Indar Hawaii at Instagram, Indar Hawaii at Facebook, it's Indar Hawaii at LinkedIn, it's Indar Hawaii everywhere. Um, obviously, I think Instagrams are most popular uh, right now. Um, and message me on there through the DMs. I mean, uh, my email, if you guys want, is Indar at ourhomeinvestments.com. But um, 
emails or DMs. I, I'm all over that. Um, so I love to answer questions and help you guys out. And we are looking for more investors. So anyone who want to invest with us, indarhawaii.com, you can come log on to there and invest on a deal with us. And a lot of investors who invest with us, we show them the ropes on flipping as well. And we're starting an education program here shortly to help people. So, yeah. Awesome. There you have it. So thank you, Indar. I want to thank you, man. This has been fire. Uh, make sure you thank guys, you so those of you who are listening, make sure you guys follow him, follow me, follow the Million Dollar Hustle pod. And hustle. if yeah. you're listening, go ahead and screenshot uh, where you're listening and then just tag us. That, and we're going to reshare it. Indar will reshare it. I'll reshare it. Yeah. And we're yeah. all happily ever after. So thank you for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe and I'll see you in the next one. Vamanos. Aloha. This, this table is the winner circle. We all winning. We all winning. This is it. This that inspiration. The last set. Repetition. Motivation. This that Kobe Bryant face determination. Not that Michael Jordan winning, winning expectation.